So our text is from Genesis 28, uh, these words. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So our text for this morning's meditation. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the patriarch Jacob, upon awakening from sleep, having had uh, a vision of angels ascending and descending on a ladder, having seen the Lord and heard the voice of the Lord promising his presence, his care, his guidance, and his guarding of Jacob to fulfill a glorious future, the patriarch Jacob, upon experiencing all of these things, declared the place, that place where he was, where he had slept with a stone under his head, he declared that it was not only the house of God, but the gate of heaven. Now, that seems somewhat odd. Such a commonplace, such an average place, somewhere out in the country, to be the house of God and the gate of heaven. Here, I think we're more apt to think of Mount Sinai to be such a place, a mountaintop where Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and the 70 elders of Israel met with God and they ate with God and they drank with God. Yes, it's easier to think of Mount Sinai as being the house of God and the gate of heaven. Or the Mount of Transfiguration. The Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus was transfigured before his disciples, before Peter, James, and John. And there, Peter, what did he want to do? Make three houses, three tents, three tabernacles for Jesus, for Moses, and Elijah. Yes, that would also seem to be a better place for the house of God and the, the gate of heaven, the, the Mount of Transfiguration. What about the temple in Jerusalem? The temple which when completed by King Solomon and dedicated was filled with the glory of God so that no one could enter it. The temple which centuries later would be the place where the angel Gabriel would appear to Zechariah to announce the birth of John the Baptist. Yes, the temple in Jerusalem would seem to be more like a house of God and the gate of heaven. But no. But no, going back to our text, there in the wilderness where Jacob slept, the house of God and the gate of heaven were to be found. For it was there that God was dwelling. And where God dwells, that's where the church is. And where the church is, there is the house of God. And there is the gate of heaven. Why? Why is the church God's house? Why is the church the gate of heaven? Well, because it is the church which is the entrance into eternal life and the departure from this life. For it's in the church where the gospel of Jesus is proclaimed, forgiving us of our sins, making us members of his body, his brothers and sisters, God's sons and daughters, righteous and holy before him. It is in the church where we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ through our baptisms into him, and then throughout our lives receive the body and blood of Christ to strengthen and preserve us in this faith. 
And what does that mean but that the words which so proclaim the kingdom of God, they're God's words. And the hands which baptize us are God's hands. And the hands from which we receive the body and blood of Christ in with and under bread and wine are God's hands. What does this mean then? What does this mean? But this place here this morning, as the word of God is proclaimed, is the house of God. And the forgiveness of sins pronounced, the gate of heaven. For here, God is in our midst as we have gathered in his name to, as St. Peter tells us, to hear the oracles of God. To hear the oracles of God. That's why we're here. What? What, pastor? House of God? Gate of heaven? No, no, no. It's just a building. It's a building located at 7700 Monroe Street, Spring Lake Park. That's all it is. Sure, we have pews to sit on. We have padded pews to sit on. Instead of rocks. But the walls here are just like the ones we have in our home. The lights, they work the same way. Switches. Furnaces built by the same company. The doors work just like the doors we have in our house. I mean, don't get us wrong, Pastor. It's a nice, churchy type of building. Certainly the stained glass is nice. Pyramids, nice too. But is it really different than any other place on earth? I mean... There are other places that are much more interesting, much more exciting. Take, for example, that rainforest cafe down at the Mall of America. It rains there inside a building. And what about the aquarium at the Mall of America where you can walk underwater and not get wet? And what about the Viking Stadium? How cool is that? How breathtaking? How impressive? Now those are buildings of wonder, but this building wouldn't even make the top 100 list of church buildings in the Twin Cities. House of God? Gate of Heaven? Don't get it. Of course, that's the flesh speaking, isn't it? The law at war in our members, as we read in Romans, against ourselves. Our reason that looks at this building and says that while it's a nice place to visit every once in a while, it really doesn't impress. And that being so, how can such a grandiose claim be made about it? That is, that it's the house of God in the gate of heaven. Returning to our text again. Where was Jacob in our text? Where was he? Did he find himself in some impressive courtyard of an earthly king? Was he on the top of a mountain taking in an unending vista? Was he in an earthly paradise like the Garden of Eden? No, he was in the middle of nowhere. And yet he'd correctly declared that he was in the house of God. And he was at the gate of heaven. Why? Because it was at that spot that God had come to meet him. To meet Jacob. At that spot that God had spoken to him, that God had revealed his future plans to him, and that is exactly what happens here. It's exactly what happens here every, every Sunday. This is the heavenly Jerusalem come down from heaven as we read about in Revelation 21. For here we hear all about what God has done for us and what God continues to do for us and will ever do for us in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. 
Christ, after all, descended from heaven. The Son of God came to us and spoke to us and worked in us and continues through his Spirit to work within us and dwell within us and to be with us. And since this is so, since Christ has come to us and dwells within us and works within us with his Spirit, where else could we be but the house of God and at the very gate of heaven? That's why Luther can say the church is established among men when God dwells with men. With this end in view, that it may be the gate of heaven and that we may pass from this earthly life into the eternal heavenly life. Who can adequately marvel or comprehend this, namely that God dwells with men? So Luther. And yes, we do think about this a little, don't we? And that is at Christmas time. When we celebrate God becoming man in Jesus Christ, when we proclaim Jesus to be Emmanuel, God with us, and in this celebration at Christmas, that is for this celebration at Christmas, what do we do? But we decorate the church. We brighten the church with lights and we hang things here and there and we erect a Christmas tree in a creche in order to proclaim that God visited the earth 2,000 years ago in the person of his son. But the fact of the matter is that God is still with us. God is still Emmanuel. Jesus still among us as we gather in his name. Jesus continues to dwell, dwell in our hearts by the power of his Holy Spirit. So just like every other Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, so every Sunday is a celebration of the incarnation of Jesus, his descending from heaven to us to live among us and to remain among us by his spirit until he comes again visibly to be seen by the entire earth once again. Until then, he remains unseen, as does the divinity of this place, as does the fact that this place, through the proclamation of the word of God and the continual administration of the sacraments, is the gateway to heaven. Now, if we could truly grasp this and hold it fast in our hearts in faith, What would we think of this place? How would we consider it? Would it just be a common building on a street corner, like countless such buildings on street corners and all across the country? No, no. It would be much, much more. Amen. Now may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We rise and confess our Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed.